Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Scale the Good Pod with a very interesting topic today of both ends of being vegan. And for this, we have two of my favorite most people uh, in this island joining today. One is Dinali Dandania, who needs no introduction. She's the co-director of Cafe Kumbuk and owner of Mamadi's Artisan Vegan Range. And I have Dr. Tyrell Ferdinandes, longtime friend and practitioner of functional and integrative medicine, and he's also the founder of Health and Healing. Welcome both. It's super exciting to have both of you join our Scale the Good pod today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be um, here. Yeah. So I, I really want to dig into the topic from both your perspectives. And Dinali, you are here today as a vegetarian who's, who's practicing a vegan lifestyle and also advocating um, a vegan lifestyle through your products. And Tyrell, you're here as an expert on nutrition and also functional and genetic medicine, who I know has a lot of experience in mixing and matching ingredients and also very useful and also, I think, unconventional health tips for a lot of Sri Lankans, including me. So very excited to bring you both here um, for this very interesting topic of being vegan. And I think this is a very close topic to my heart too, as well as GLX. Um, because I've been a vegetarian for 15 years before I got married and obviously things changed after. And also I think why I ran into Tyrell uh, is because I had um, somebody very close to my family, my mother-in-law, um, who was suffering with cancer. And um, during that time, it's only when I was introduced to how nutritional therapy um, and drugless medicine through food can really help us uh, cure our own illnesses. So um, I think vegetarian and veganism therefore is such a close topic to me in person and as well as GLX. So let's drive, uh, dive right in. I'll, I'll begin with you, Dinali, um, from a very personal point of view, uh, if I may, of your journey of becoming uh, a vegetarian or a vegan and how that really brought you to um, sharing your vegan meat products um, to the greater world as well. So um, just to sort of give you a very brief background, um, I first went vegetarian at the age of 11 years of years old. Um, and how that came about was, um, is that I was born with congenital heart disease. So um, it was detected at birth and I was operated at age 11, actually. And my parents gave up um, meat for my, you know, as a vow, as my well-being. And in return, when I recovered, um, I thought it was a good thing for me to do, not only for my heart, but for them as well. So um, I've actually been pescatarian since the age of 11, which means I had fish and prawns. Because um, I really did in enjoy and I still do enjoy seafood, you know, as I have it. Um, so that's really how the journey happened I have eaten meat in between mostly when I you know had my children 
um, through craving or, you know, or necessity really for a couple of years uh, through um, nurturing the children. I've eaten meat. Um, but for the majority of my life, I've been either pescatarian or vegetarian. Um, what's changed for me recently in the last few years is that um, I have now I have diabetes, fourth generation. I still have, you know, heart um disease so i've been very mindful of that as i'm getting older and how to manage that better for myself i have the start of kidney um, disease as well which i'm trying to reverse and manage so all of these things kind of like really came uh to the forefront and i thought well you know there are so many things i can do for myself um and in being sort of trying to be more vegan um i realized whilst the sri lankan um diet really does you know assist any vegan really we've got great you know fruits and vegetables here on our you know doorsteps um there wasn't a lot of um easy foods quick foods you know convenience items that i just wanted to put my hand to as i would have done in the uk and that's really how the journey started because to be vegan for me with my lifestyle i had to be able to get to quick and easy uh, solutions um, and you know so now we have meatless Monday where I put the entire family on a meatless Monday um, because I think it's about small changes I don't believe that you have to go a hundred percent in there and really struggle with it I think you've got to do small elements of changes and make it work for you um, so yeah so that's really in a nutshell how the journey started for me. That's so interesting and and I think all the small things that you added in there, listening to your body when you were giving birth to your children and nurturing them and, and yes. not really sticking to the hard and fast rule like uh, most people do and, and really yes. responding and reacting to your nutritional needs and, and your body cravings um, yes. on one hand and then taking small steps, what you can do um, instead Absolutely. of going all the way uh, for your family meatless Mondays. I think those are very interesting takeaways uh, for me and I was similar uh, to you, a vegetarian, when I was nine, and because of my parents, um, not for any health mm -hmm. issues. But uh, growing up in Sri Lanka, I was a vegetarian here. The only options that I had was soya meat, not even tofu yes. back then, right? It was just yeah. the TVP, the, 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 the textured soy. Um, and then, of course, um, the, the tofu that came to me when I was 16, 15, um, and, and it got a little bit more interesting. But on, on a on a day where we want to celebrate something or whatever, it's always either hot butter mushroom or the yes. Indian cuisines with paneer and stuff like that. Yes. And nothing much else to really go with. So um, yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting and uh, valuable that you're putting more um, choices and options for Sri Lankan vegetarians um, to choose and enjoy. Um, with that, I'd like to uh, really um, go uh, and move to um, Tyrell to bring in your perspective on the feasibility of being a vegetarian or having a vegan diet in Sri Lanka. Um, Dinali touched on a few points already, and I, um, I did too, added my experience of being a child uh, and a vegetarian in Sri Lanka. Uh, what's, what's your opinion on that and uh, what are a few tips that you can share with us? Well, it is certainly uh, extremely feasible uh, uh, to introduce a vegan diet in Sri Lanka and to move into a vegan diet. It is extremely feasible, uh, though there are social changes and social economic factors which have uh, worked against it. I would believe. 
and the, because the introduction of the mass uh, diets and stuff like that. But uh, Sri Lanka has a diverse um, uh, agroecological regions in Sri Lanka. We have uh, the diverse agroecological uh, regions. Uh, these are well suited to grow a wide variety of vegetables. So we have the hills and the plains. We have the upcountry vegetables uh, like cabbage, beet, cauliflower, no coal beans, tomatoes, capsicums, high input, high intensity farming in the plains and uh, what we call the upcountry vegetables. Then there's the low country vegetables on the plains, things like bitter gourd, brinjals, pumpkin, the ribbed gourd, the cucumbers. These are low intensity farming, low inputs. And uh, we have the wide range of leafy greens very wide range of leafy greens, uh, starting from Gotukola to Mukunuan and the Vedamukunuan and the common Mukunuan, Angunukola, the Kiriyanguna and the Tittanguna, the Kiri used more as nutrients and the Titta more as medicinal value, the Tampalas, the red Tampala being the richest in the mineral compositions. So we have these wide range, uh, ranges of vegetable inputs which we have in Sri Lanka, which makes it extremely feasible uh, in Sri Lanka. But one factor that I think we need to identify specifically and promote is the whole concept of the home garden in Sri Lanka. We have the home garden concept. Oh. And uh, this concept a, home, a typical traditional home garden in Sri Lanka almost had everything, kept that household virtually self-sufficient except for salt. Salt was Very the only thing that had to be purchased outside. Um, the home garden concept not only provided the whole household with all the nutri nutrients it needed, but also the medicinal plants. So introducing that is... Uh, uh, trying to regenerate the home garden concept uh, is one way to uh, increase choices. And of course, uh, our people are, have been familiar with the Ayurvedic diet. Uh, the Ayurvedic diet balances off, it uses all six tastes always. The six different tastes all are used. And uh, so since we are familiar with it, though that familiarity is being lost now. Absolutely. And there are some surveys which are showing that the vegetable intake is very low in many of our households now. Uh, but traditionally, we have had this and it is extremely feasible. Uh, it is extremely feasible. So those are the factors I would touch on the Ayurvedic diet, the home, mm. uh, the home garden concept. And of course, the available uh, agroecological, different, the diverse agroecological regions. I think, Tyrell, with, with your comments, you're also hinting at an entire lifestyle shift, um, if I may just uh, bring it out like that, because most of the things that you mentioned um, are, are not um, common to find in a, in a you know, supermarket that you drive by from mm. your um, work to home. You have yes. to either go to a polar, and in the polar, you'll have to know the specific kirame or the person who brings it from exactly. um, wherever. And so it's a matter of engagement as well. It's a huge matter of the engagement, how you engage with your environment, how you engage with the market. 
that engagement, the factor of engagement is a key catalyst probably. Yeah, How and, do you and, build uh, engagement? Exactly. And I think um, for you uh, as a nutritionist and a, uh, and a practitioner, it might be very, very obvious and even easy um, to suggest, uh, to say, okay, let's uh, grow, grow our home garden and let's make these, the, the, the leafy greens we have there. But um, coming and having worked in a, um, a private sector or a, or a very um, high intensity environment, people often go for easy choices, not even buy your own vegetables, but buy junk food and order Uber Eats. So I think um, that consciousness in people of what they eat and what they consume, I think that's a narrative uh, that we have yeah, to work And that is an issue with. that you have to address uh, very honestly and head on, because most of anything traditional, generally, when you try to go back to the traditional ancient roots, one factor is always common, and that was in all traditional situations, most of the work happened outdoors, not indoors. You always exposed in the outdoors. Uh, so there has been a huge shift into more the indoor work and the impact of that on human evolution itself and consciousness has to be taken into account. Uh, but if these can be addressed, I'm sure there is a way forward. Yeah, yeah. Most of the work that we try to initiate or advocate through Good Life X relate to a lot of the points that you mentioned, Inali. Anything that you'd like to add to this uh, perspective um, as well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think uh, Tyrol is spot on. Um, through the current sort of uh, pandemic crisis, I myself have been pottering with plants on my balcony. Um, you have to start with whatever you can and however you can. Um, so I have necessities growing in pots now from spinach, passion fruit, pembu, um, you know, things that I really, you know, value. Um, I'd like to do more and I need to do more. Um, and I think it's really important that we do go back to those roots and encourage um, you know, uh, growing, you know, home gardens amongst our children as well and, and bring back that importance to our tables as well. So uh, really important. And I, you know, Sri Lanka, as you said, has amazing produce, um, but I don't necessarily think enough people understand or appreciate the goodness in, in many of these products either. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, it was shocking for me when I met somebody who, who is of the same generation as I am or my own generation or my own age, basically, who said um, once that we have nothing here in Sri Lanka. What's there to even eat? And I was shocked. And this was before um, Cafe Kumuk has come to be and, and most of the places that are advocating local food has come to be maybe um, uh, seven, eight years ago. Uh, but nothing in Sri Lanka changed. It's just that um, uh, we have more cafes and more places and people advocating what's ours and what's local. Yes. And uh, it's very important to be doing that work um, so that more and more For people sure. um, get converted and um, value what's ours truly. Absolutely. Um, if, if I could also speak to uh, you a little bit about, because Dinali and I both also touched on the health uh, perspectives and health benefits um, of being vegetarian and vegan, or perhaps even um, in your opinion, um, a few things to um, look out for or watch out if you're a vegetarian um, from a nutritional sense, if you could please comment on that. Okay, so generally the health 
the benefits of being vegan generally are you have a high intake of vitamin A, E, and C. Uh, you are high in complex carbs, you are high in fibers, you have high intake of omega-6 and magnesium, and uh, there is a certain high intake of iron, but this particular iron is not bioavailable. Vegetarian form of uh, uh, sources of iron are generally not bioavailable. Uh, it will increase the good bacteria in your stomach, and as Dinali has experienced herself, it helps to address the, both cardiovascular issues and diabetes. Uh, so insulin resistance and all that. And uh, uh, so those are the main health benefits, the direct health benefits which one can quantify and uh, check as indicators. Vitamins A, E, and C, complex carbs, fibers, omega-6, magnesium. Uh, and an increase in good bacteria in the stomach, which is really helps the microbiome and has an overall impact on health. Now, the issues that one has to address and be at least aware of, I think, when being on a vegan diet, and I like very much the way Dinali is practicing it. In fact, when uh, depends on, I mean, you changed uh, certain ways during uh, having children, how you dealt with your cravings, because cravings are generally the body's sign of that you are short of something. There is a deficiency. There is a simple deficiency and the body uh, shows, uh, indicates to you there is a, uh, the deficiency but through a craving. So you address that. So you don't stick to it. The problems can be, which we need to uh, be mindful of, and then you might find ways of addressing. One is the proteins that you get from the legumes. These keeps the blood sugar stable, without a doubt, but they do have anti-nutrients. Uh, anti-nutrients like lectins and uh, phytates. These inhibit the absorption of uh, micronutrients, minerals and vitamins. Uh, Legume-based proteins have these anti-nutrients. And in addition to inhibiting the absorption of micronutrients, it does have an impact and can cause leaky gut gut permeability, where you have tiny holes uh, in the gut and food items that you consume leak out into the wrong places and cause a huge amount of complications. You could be low on hemoglobin. Soya proteins, on the other hand, uh, are endocrine disruptors. Uh, raw soya is an endocrine disruptor. It disrupts the hormonal system big time uh, by um, introducing false estrogens into the system. But you can get, a, get around it by having the fermented soya. So fermented soya is actually very healthy. So in the form of tofu, for instance, soya sauce, soy sauce is also fermented. So it's healthy. You can get around that by going through the uh, whole fermenting process. There is an issue regarding vitamin B12 deficiency. Because many, uh, we, when you are vegan, people don't have to take eggs. There is a substitute tried by some Europeans, it's essentially the virgin olive oil. Coconut oil doesn't help here. Uh, the problem of vitamin C, vitamin B12 deficiencies is there are irreversible neurological effects, which can lead to things like dementia. Uh, so one has to be aware of that. There is a naturally occurring low vitamin D3. This has an impact on the parathyroid and the impact on calcium metabolization. 
So you could find many vegans saying they have joint problems, pain in the joints. Uh, vitamin D also acts as a direct neurosteroid to the brain. So deficiencies there, are, uh, vitamin B12 can be a big issue. Uh, you could introduce eggs once in a way, and this would solve this problem very much, especially egg yolk. Uh, you will have uh, vegans tend to have an excessive amount of zinc in their systems. The body is unable to break down zinc. So there is excessive zinc and there can be therefore toxic zinc toxicities. And uh, of course, there are certain issues regarding these uh, so-called the meats, um, the artificial meats, the vegan-based meats that are, see, the main issue there is there are four essential amino acids that is only available from animal protein, four essential amino acids. This is glutathione, methathione, taurine, and cysteine. These keep homocysteine down, that's inflammation, and cancers down. And uh, the conversion of methathione to magnesium does not happen. Uh, the only place available in vegetable, methathione is available in a vegetable, vegetarian form, only in sweet potato. But that doesn't convert into magnesium in the body, in human body. Tiran, so, I want to interrupt you there. Yes. Um, I, I also um, know that there's a there's a, a specific element of alchemy into all of this uh, mm -hmm. as you speak. So when you say the sweet potato um, doesn't break the specific chemical to uh, allow your body to absorb it, is there anything that we can combine it with for the benefit of vegetarians to well, absorb it? Well, it's a it's a tough one. It's a bit of a tough one. If you can bring in the egg, occasionally at least. And so what these points, these points, I am very hesitant to advocate a particular diet as such, mm. because one, it is very important to individualize these. And depending, you can even get more information by going according to your blood type. Oh, wow. Blood type helps you to identify which uh, type of a, uh, so, uh, uh, because blood types are formed in the human body, depending on what we did, our work style and lifestyle. So initially people were uh, hunter-gatherers, then they were farmers. So the farm, those who started farming started developing a particular blood type. The hunters maintained a, a particular blood type. And so there is this, then the A and the B, the AB also evolved that way. So it depends. There are certain types who can be good vegans and suffer less, if that is a term to use. Oh. Um, so you can use the blood types to help you. So the individualization. And so, of course, firstly, in general, you can regionalize according to your food. The basic, there are three elements in choosing your food. Choose fresh food, choose local food and seasonal food, mm. uh, local and seasonal, because simply what thrives around you, uh, you eat it and you will thrive as well. It's a simple, so for seasonal as well. Um, uh, so individualizing is, thing. so the way to go, I think, which Rinali is already, has already done, is essentially, uh, if I am to advocate one particular type, it is the plant-based diet, mm. Mm. the plant-based diet. So you go high on the plants, you keep increasing the input of plants into your diet, reducing the meats, 
And in traditional, I mean, Europe and some traditional societies, you had the Sunday roast, mm. had a meat or a fish only on Sunday. And that was sufficient. Mm. That was sufficient to give you these four uh, essential amino acids, which can be crucial. Uh, you could have a red fish or a, a Sunday roast with a steak, for instance, if you really want it. But you could, there are one or two things which only red meat give you. Uh, though I myself don't take in red meats at all. Uh, so I think it is highly in the individualization. It is making informed choices. Mm. Just It's just the diet is just as, uh, is as equal as health choices. The key thing is people should be able to make informed choices, sufficient information, Great. make your informed choices, individualize, and you should be able to thrive then. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's exactly, I think, a, a conversation that we are trying to initiate with, with these kind of exchanges so that people are more and more informed of um, how to choose a lifestyle and a diet and the type of foods that they grow and eat and what are the importances, uh, important uh, facts of um, such choices that you make for yourself and also for your family because there's so much of communication now and hype around very yes. different lifestyles all across us and we don't know what really is right for us and, and not and it's very important I think for us to make informed choices and also to know what's around us in order to eat fresh and eat seasonal um, and, and, and eat, uh, eat what's um, around us. Um, Dinali, with, with all of this information that we've had from Tiro, I'd yes. um, love to um, get a few closing remarks from you um, on what it's like to be a vegetarian with your family. Uh, I know you're trying to advocate it uh, now on a weekly basis with Meatless Mondays, and also the feedback you have from um, your circles and your community about um, what you're advocating through your products as well. Sure. Um... I mean, I come from a, a family of great food lovers. Um, you know, our Sundays around our tables, most evening meals, um, everything has been freshly prepared. I have parents who are great cooks. So we've grown up with eating everything on our table. You know, we've had, we've been very, very fortunate that we've been brought up that way. Um, so bringing up my own daughters was no different. I made sure there was always, you know, a, a fruit bowl on our table and a fridge packed full of vegetables. Um, and, you know, I've had absolutely no issues with um, them not liking certain items. They'll try anything um, before they say, oh, you know, I didn't enjoy that or I did enjoy this. Um, generally speaking, our fruit and vegetable disappears within, you know, days, you know, we're always replenishing. So, um, but I think it's also how you present it and, and how you make those ingredients taste better. Um, I'm a true believer believer are stripping away all of the rubbish that we put into our food. Um, and I think that's why more and more people uh, turn to me now to, to make uh, special, you know, desserts and, and baking items um, for different dietary needs, whether you're gluten-free or whether you're diabetic and you want a sugar-free item. And they're quite surprised when they get these items and, you know, they've enjoyed it with the one they've gifted it to. And I often get people come back and say, my goodness, I didn't realize it could taste so good. Um, but I think it's also because it's masked by all of these 
you know, mm. stuff that we don't need to have. We can strip it away and really taste the value of each fruit or vegetable. Um, so that's a journey that I've really enjoyed over the past few years. And I, I seem to be doing more and more of that, which, you know, makes me really happy because I can see people really enjoying um, the fruit and vegetable that we have to offer here in Sri Lanka. So that was an important aspect. But with regards to my own product, um, and especially the vegan sausages, which I launched um, last May, mm. um, it was important to me that it was 100% plant-based. Because if I'm not going to eat it, why would I give it to somebody else? Yes. Um, that's, you know, my thinking even with Kumbuk as well. Um, and, you know, many sausages, and I did my research, I had a look on the market, I traveled overseas, I had a look around to see what was on offer. And I didn't really want to offer any with any artificial skins um, you know it had to be completely natural so mm. these sausages believe it or not are handmade they're artisanally made they're, they're steamed so that there's no skin there's nothing to hold them in shape it's steamed into shape and mm. then they're you know packed freshly and distributed to a select uh, retailers now that I, I use and I think I have about nine retailers selling these um, it's come a long way you know they're, they're simple flavors apple um, you know the sorry just uh, apple and sage uh, smoked paprika and the kochi which I did predominantly for the, the Sri Lankan palate um, and it's now it's sort of diversified into uh, vegan meatballs um, vegan burger patties whether that be tempeh or beans and beets um, and I love really experimenting with more and more new ingredients every day, provided that I can stay true to them, that they're fresh. Um, and that, as I said, you know, they, they continue to offer great value to um, the human body as well. I will use tofu. I'm a huge fan of tofu. Um, I'm not a huge fan of processed soya. I don't use it. And that's why mm try very hard not to use um, any form of processed item. Even when I'm baking, I will always try and, you know, uh, avoid the refined sugars uh, and use local, you know, um, natural forms, whether it be pani or maple syrup, uh, coconut sugars, whatever I can. Um, I just I just feel that if I know, consciously know that I'm eating, um, you know, well-made products that have had uh, a lot of conscious effort and thought into it, then it can only be good for my body. Um, and I sleep better at night knowing that. You know, so gone are the days where I would, I mean, Uber Eats is so tempting. And I, I remember watching somebody yesterday who said, when you get that urge to just get junk food, um, give yourself five minutes before you go on Uber Eats and hopefully that urge will just subside. Yes. Um, but, you know, the convenience food is out there. It, it, you know, Uber's made it so much easier to order what we want when we want. And, and that's fine. But we've got to have a balance um, of how we go forward and what we put into our bodies as well. Absolutely. And um, I think the more we have people like you and options as Kumbuk and, and so many other advocates and cafes out there who are now promoting locally made food and fresh food, I think um, we have an increased awareness and more and more conscious consumers asking for these kind of products. And we can only create um, excitement and more and more choices in terms of supply and also have dialogues and, and conversations like this to um, make everybody aware why it's important to make a, a conscious and informed choice. And you mentioned about sleeping better. Honestly, um, good sleep has 
all to do with what we eat. And I think Tyrell will be able to tell us tons about uh, what that really means. Um, so um, th there's been a, been a time where I was um, very, very cognizant of what I put to my body uh, maybe two years ago. And right now I think I'm trying to come back to that. But I felt every day like a newborn when I wake up um, and I crave for that freshness, but habits are really hard to undo no matter how conscious yes. you are. So um, I think that's a daily struggle uh, among all of us. Um, with that, I'd love to uh, move to Tyrell and would um, ask you to take a couple of minutes uh, to give any closing comments um, that you like, and then we can uh, sum up the conversation for today. Thank you. Uh, okay, so uh, area for research is one thing that I'd like to mention. And that is regarding the traditional home garden in Sri Lanka, what is known as the Gevatta. There is a science behind that design and what is included. And that has been lost. So we need to find a way where we can research into that and try and uh, reconnect to how that worked for society in, in the past. So the Gevatta. Uh, Two types of food that will help Sri Lankan vegans and vegetarians, uh, if you can introduce it, they should in include a daily intake of the cold press oils. Cold press oils, olive, avocado, coconut, to help to boost up the essential fatty acids, which reduce inflammatory markers in the brain, and maybe to a lesser extent, berries. Uh, increasing the amount of berries uh, consumed, uh, which help as antioxidants. And thirdly, mature cheese, not moldy, not moldy, but the mature cheeses, the cheddars, the goudas, the parmesans, these don't have any lactose because when they mature, the lactose is lost. It has a high amount in probiotics. And of course, uh, choose the small the milk that comes from the small animals, uh, mainly because of its impact on the, the impact of the growth factors on the human body. So go for the smaller animals. So the cold press oils, berries, and mature cheese would be uh, three things I would suggest in closing. Thank you, Tyrell, um, for for those very um, interesting information, and I think. Um, who would have thought cheeses, berries, um, and cold press oils? I think these are all great uh, startup ideas. And I think already um, there are quite a few companies out there who are venturing into creating interesting things out of gooseberries, the Ceylon gooseberry, mm -hmm. and a few companies we work mm -hmm. with who are working on cold pressed coconut oil and regenerative virgin coconut oil. So um, knowing the importance of all of this for locals, because all of these are also now attractive for a much more um, foreign audience or people mm -hmm. who've lived abroad and are coming in, who understand the value and the nutritional perspectives of these uh, products as well. So I'd love to see more and more lo locals also embrace this lifestyle because these are things that are just around us and perhaps even grow. Um, around us in our gardens, just like uh, Tyrell hinted of, of taking up that design and concept of a home garden. Um, so I think these are all conversations and ideas that we will venture into with more and more people like yourselves who are advocating of living this lifestyle and also 
doing all that you can to create it for others, Tyrell, you through your um, uh, health and healing um, initiatives and Dinali, you through your um, the wonderful things that you do with the cafe and with Mamadi products. Um, so this conversation really is to advocate all things plant-based um, and all things conscious of, of what we put into our body and what choices we make uh, in terms of what we live and how what we eat and how we live our lives. So big, big thank you to Tyrell and Dinali for joining this conversation. I could go on chatting to both of you forever and I would Likewise. love to meet both of you in person, maybe at the cafe um, on the 11th of February when we have something yes. very exciting that's yeah. happening as a collaboration through Kumuk, Mamadi and um, GLX. That's a good food collab. Um, I'm not going to tell too much uh, about it now, but it's going to be a very exciting vegan um, uh, expedition or uh, adventure. So maybe, Tyrell, you could um, hop by and a few people who've listened to this yes, podcast could also come the by 11th, and meet this. The 11th would be fine. I may have a difficulty regarding the 12th about times. No, but let's well, see. I'm sure you'll come back when you eat one, one, one meal for the next. <laughs> so I, I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. Okay. Thank you, both of you, for joining. And I Pleasure. look forward to seeing you both in person.